Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello there, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are. Yes, I know, a lot of people having internet connection problems. I think it's a bandwidth thing. I've dropped my uh, bitrate from my end, so maybe that'll help. I don't know. Just going to struggle through. If it keeps cutting out, the full replay will be on BitChute later on. The podcast will be out pretty much as soon as the show's finished. We're doing what we can. We've got plenty to get through. Because shit, it's getting real. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. I hope you had a good weekend, because I certainly did. So much to get through, as always. <laughs> absolute pleasure. Uh, please, if you haven't yet, please share the show out by hitting the crooked arrow on the D Live stream. Share that to your relevant social media platforms. How are you? Do- how are you handling things? How are you going? Are you going okay? Are you handling being bunkered down? You haven't gone crazy yet, have you? Actually, I, pro- I kind of prefer if you have gone a little crazy. That would make things more interesting for everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Monday night, ladies and gentlemen. I've got so much to get through. And just before we get too far down the road, uh, just a shout out because... <laughs> Whoa. Thank you for the Diamond Gypsy. Where did you steal the Diamond Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamonds from, Gypsy? Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me about all the levels of nothing that you've been doing for the last couple of weeks, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Before we get too far down the road here, uh, just I want to give you, the audience, a big smack. Big smacks across the back of the wrist. Because I've been getting a lot of feedback lately. And hey, I get it. I understand. Thank you, Thank you for coming. I'll, I'll see you in hell. Big smacks to the audience members who follow me on Twitter because I've been getting feedback recently that uh, there's too much coronavirus stuff. We're talking about the virus too much. Why don't you talk about something else? And I've been trying to explain to people that when you do a show like this, it's actually very difficult to avoid. Because pretty much everybody, that's what everybody's talking about. And I'm starting to wonder if we're being soaked. I wonder, I'm starting to wonder if we're being bombarded with coronavirus stuff, either intentionally or as an unintentional consequence of the fact that there's nothing else happening in society. Like literally everything's shut down. There's no sport, there's no theatre. People can't even do movie reviews because they're not allowed to the movie cinemas, right? So what else are people supposed to write about? There's still all of the news platforms. They need something to talk about. We can't get distracted from anything anymore. And whether it's intentional or unintentional, 
I think it's having the consequence of turning people into, I don't know, it's turning people into children at the scary part of the movie when they put the fingers in their ears and their parents cover their eyes for the scary parts. And while now everybody is sick of hearing about coronavirus and is sick of talking about it and is sick of the news talking about it, now everybody's turning away from it. Now all of this other shit's starting to happen, which on the surface looks coronavirus related, but is actually just, you know, the pissing away of your freedoms. <laughs> which was entirely predictable because governments are governments and they do what they do. But hey, what are we going to do? We just make observations here on this program. I had to t I had to tweet out earlier because you know I'll I'll tweet something like, well, I can ex I, I can see this coming, and then a couple of weeks later it happens, and then you get these idiots roll up on your timeline and say, well, what do you want to what what do you do then? What's your fucking solution? I, I'm not here to give you solutions. I'm not here to solve your problems. You decide what you want to do. You solve your fucking problems, man. I tend to think if you weren't observant enough to notice that things were going to start changing and things were going to start happening and government was start going to start to overreach a few weeks ago, then you're probably not smart enough to so solve your own fucking problems anyway. You're probably not smart enough to make sure that you've got enough fucking toilet paper and food in the house. You're probably not smart enough to see what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. So don't ask me to solve your problems for you. You're a lost fucking cause. <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm just a guy who does a podcast that very few people listen to. That's it. So a big smack to the audience. Because I put out on Twitter earlier, okay... If you've got something that you want me to talk about, if you've got an article or a clip or something like that that you want to talk about, then please post it under this tweet and we will talk about it on the show. And nobody posted anything that wasn't coronavirus-related. So that's it. That, I, <laughs> don't come in and complain that I'm only talking about the virus when I ask you, okay, give me something else and you give me nothing. I'm not here to solve your problems. <laughs> You can't even give me one item that isn't virus-related. So, so much to get through, so little time. Uh, is anybody else getting annoyed with the trend? Can, can I do this? Can I give you a little personal anecdote? Most people might find this boring. I don't know. So, I used to be a lot more politically involved when I was younger. I used to care a lot more about my team, my guy our team, our way is the right way. There's a reason that I've been saying for the last few years, at least, since I've been podcasting, since I've been streaming, and probably earlier than that, that the real conversation isn't me the voter versus you the voter. Drink every time Boogie says it can't happen here. Well, you'll you get your drinks ready because that's coming. <laughs> There's a reason that I've been saying it's not me the voter versus you the voter. It's us the voters versus them. If you strip partisanship out of what's happening right now, here's just the basics, right? Like here's four points that are indisputable. Wherever you turn, wherever you look, here's what's happening. Don't tell me about how this particular politician is, is better than that one because that one said this thing and this one said that thing. If you strip all of the team shit out of the equation, this is what's happening. 
Civil liberties are being redefined and enforced heavy-handedly. We've got stories, ladies and gentlemen, in Australia of the army going door to door to enforce quarantine rules. We have stories in the United States of America, land of the free and home of the brave, where police and National Guard are setting up roadblocks to check your papers. Another thing that's happening, extreme surveillance is now being normalised. We are getting stories daily, constantly, hourly, of governments taking new powers to access mobile phone data, to track the spread of the coronavirus, right? Facial recognition cameras and whatnot. Another thing that's happening, government power is becoming unquestionable. And that feeds into the bullshit, my guy versus your guy, my team versus your team shit. Because now you've got a whole section of society who's, it seems, their only role in this conversation is to furiously suck the dick of their favourite politician. And if you bring up some kind of government overreach, instead of discussing the issue, they will discuss why it's not their fault, their guy did good, and it's your fault, and it's everybody else's fault, it's the voters' fault. What do you expect him to do? He's a great guy. He's doing the best he can. He did a good job. I don't care about any of that shit. You're just misdirecting the conversation into some kind of political shit that has no place. And this is what we've been talking about for the last two months on this stuff. And the other thing that's happening, if you strip all of the partisanship out of it, is economies are moving to control models instead of command models. You're being told uh, how much stuff you can buy of each product. You're being handed the money to do it. You're being told uh, where you can shop, what hours you can shop, and what you can buy. And nobody cares. In fact, it's worse than nobody caring. A few people care. We care. This little corner of the internet cares. Uh, Out there in the wider public, they either don't care, don't know, or they like it. They enforce it. They enjoy it. It's what they want. And that's where we're at. So it's not all serious stuff tonight. Um, I am going to get to the earn it bill, which I think is important. But again, most people don't. Most people won't care. Most people don't listen. Most people aren't interested. So that's fine. (laughs) But like I said, I'm not here to solve your problems. I'm just going to make observations about things that I find interesting. I'm, I'm already resigned to the fact that we're fucked. So... This is more, consider this podcast more like an obituary of free society rather than an effort to try and rescue it, because that's definitely not going to happen. But I have some fun stuff before we get to the not so fun stuff. So please, if you would join me, share the show out. Thank you everyone for joining us on dlive.tv slash boogie bumper. Before we get to the not so fun stuff, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the world's favorite new game show. Yes, that's right. Get your drinks ready. That's right. We're live here at the D-Live studios with your host, Boogie Bumper. And it's time for everybody's favourite game show. Soviet Russia. Come on down. Come on down, Soviet Russia. That's right. Make your way down here. Nazi Germany! 
Come on down. Come on down, Nazi Germany. I bet you thought you'd never get on the stage again. And Rhode Island. Come on down. You're the next contestant on It'll Never Happen Here. That's right. It'll never happen here. Thank you for the diamond, UK Neil. Have no fear. Grab a beer, huh? Well, I bring you this story on this week's edition of It'll Never Happen Here. Rhode Island Police National Guard begins stopping cars with New York plates and going door to door to enforce quarantine. (laughs) It'll never happen here. Let's have a look. What have we got here? Oh, hang on. Stop the music up there at the production booth. What are you doing? ...to house searches to force anyone who has traveled from New York to enter isolation. Quote, right now we have a pinpointed risk. Governor Gina Raimondo said, according to Bloomberg, that risk is called New York City. (laughs) What now, folks? What now? Rhode Island police have begun stopping cars with New York license plates and the National Guard will soon help officials conduct house-to-house searches (laughs) to force anyone who has travelled from New York to enter isolation. Ladies and gentlemen, the National Guard is going to go to your door and if, if necessary, force themselves into your home and drag you out of your home. To force you into isolation. Peppers, please. Exactly, Gary Vance. He's onto it. Ambelina, thank you for the diamond. I love this game show. It can't happen here. (laughs) You can read stuff from people who lived in Soviet Russia who would dream about moving to countries like the United States because they would be able to travel freely. Remember Remember that thing that everybody took for granted like two weeks ago? Free travel? Do you remember that? Remember this idea that so many people had in the Western... And don't worry, it's not just you. It's happening to us. It's happening to the UK. It's happening to Europe. Remember that idea that so many of us Westerners had that free travel was a right? Remember that? And we used to have these arguments with people who wanted, say, I don't know, unlimited migration at the border open borders and we would say no no no, free travel within not free travel without you can't freely travel here and we need to protect this right in order to ensure that we can have free travel fuck new york city says rat hunter thank you for joining us ring the bell and get Get your your cheese cheese, man thank you for the gifted sub uk now Right now, we have a pinpointed risk. Governor Gina Raimondo said, according to Bloomberg, that risk is called New York City. <laughs> the New York license plate, ladies and gentlemen, is the new, is the new, uh, it's the new splash of blood across somebody's door. Unclean, unclean. Go back to your infected hellhole, you leper scum. What are you doing in our state? We need to hunt down those New Yorkers. We need to hunt down those New Yorkers and drag them out of their homes, kicking and screaming and throw them into isolation. (laughs) It's so funny. Oh, shit. It's actually happening. It's actually happening. And nobody cares. Ramondo on Thursday issued an executive order enforceable by law 
mandating that anyone who has travelled to New York via any form of transportation must enter into a two-week self-quarantine. I would, <laughs> Gary Vance with the Red October reference, ladies and gentlemen. Well done. I would have liked to have seen Montana. No papers? No papers. No papers. The order applies to anyone who has been in New York within the past two weeks and will remain in place at least until April 25. Well, you can always hope. Don't worry, guys. There's a sunset clause. The sun never sets on the Patriot Act, mind you. That's that's gone through about half a dozen sunset clauses. So if you're holding out hope that the sunset clause will kick in and the government will just let go of this power that they have just taken from people, uh, I've got news for you. That's wishful thinking. Ramondo announced on Friday that members of the National Guard will be present at TF Green Airport train stations and bus stops to collect contact information for the State Health Department. We just need your details. Show us some identification. We're here collecting information for the government. So they can keep track of who you may have been in contact with. Who have you been speaking to? Hello there, young patriot. Uh, sorry, before you get on that bus, we just have a couple of questions for you. Uh, have I done anything wrong? We'll decide. We'll ask the questions. Where have you been in the last couple of weeks and who have you been speaking to? Um, um, is this legal? Are you allowed to do this to me? Okay, he's resisting. Let's put him in the truck. Let's put him in the truck. It's a way to the quarantine facility with you. Yay! Come and see us in two weeks. But I have rights. Fuck you. Rights? That was before there was a crisis, mate. Isn't it great, huh? And there's no point. In, look, there's no point in saying that we said that this would happen because I was watching a bit of um, I was watching Scott Adams' Twitter timeline the other day, and you know I've got a lot of time for Scott Adams. I think he's generally pretty good. But here's, here's where people start to reframe things now because people have made careers on um, being like a Donald Trump prediction guy. So there's a lot of pride that needs to be swallowed collectively. And, you know, I was watching his Twitter timeline the other day and he got the, he got the prediction about, you know, the uh, we're all going back to work stuff. Got it fucking completely wrong. Completely ass backwards wrong. Uh, he got the outbreak of the virus completely wrong as well. So, how do you reframe it? Well, you say that people who make predictions, it's essentially pointless to make predictions now all of a sudden. It's pointless to make predictions because people who got it right were just lucky or or they're using hindsight to look back. So don't listen to any of them. And then today he's making more predictions. <laughs> oh, it was just lucky. Anybody can get lucky. It's like, ah, oh, okay. Okay. You know, when he made that, when Trump made that announcement, like, oh, we're all going back to work in a couple of weeks, I just asked the question on Twitter uh, is it possible that he has no intention of sending people back to work in a couple of weeks and he's just saying this to give the stock market a short term boost? And, you know, a couple of people agreed. A couple of people like, no, no, that's not what he, you don't understand, man. Sure enough, he starts walking back that prediction a couple of weeks later. He said the uh, the churches will be filled by Easter. And then comes out... See, this is the other problem. This is the problem with the dick-sucking stuff, right? 
the gotcha moments, right? I, I, I can't do the gotcha moment stuff anymore because it's entirely pointless. It is entirely pointless. Here's why. So if you're on the left, you think that everything that Donald Trump says is wrong anyway. So you know what I mean? Every Everything is wrong. So that's where you stand. But if you're a committed, you know, activist type on the right, it doesn't even matter if he says the wrong thing to you. Literally, people will say, if he comes out and says, we will be back, the churches will be filled by Easter. And then a couple of days later comes out and says, oh no, that's wrong. Actually, that's when more people are going to die. So we're backing that off. It doesn't, people won't even acknowledge that he said the wrong thing. People won't acknowledge that he got it wrong. Instead, they'll say, oh, no, somebody lied to him. That's why he put out that information. But that's why it was the right thing to do. He's being forced to do it. So it's like, oh, okay. You know the argument that people often like to use? Saying, you don't have as much information as the president. Therefore, you don't know what he knows. So therefore, you can't be right. And he's always right. It's like, oh, okay. So you must have more information than the president then because you know that the information he got was wrong, right? Instead of him just making a mistake, you know that he got the wrong info. And yet you're accusing me of not having enough information that the president has while you yourself are saying that you have fucking more. Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding? What, is everyone is everyone that stupid to go along with shit like that? Because this dick sucking has got to a level where you cannot even admit like the guy makes mistakes anymore. No, 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 no. When he says the wrong thing, it's somebody else's fault. Oh, the media forced him to say the wrong thing. The media forced him to do the wrong thing. The doctors are lying to him. He would never do anything wrong. It's like, okay, well then at least can we admit that he's not the all-powerful, all-conquering 4D chess-playing dude who never does anything wrong? Because clearly, if the media can force the guy to make mistakes, and if he's surrounding himself with doctors that lie to him, then he's not fucking super genius guy who never does anything wrong. You can't have it both ways. So the whole gotcha stuff becomes completely absurd. When you get to the point where on one side, everybody, everybody on one side said everything that he says is wrong, and on the other side, they say anything he says is wrong is somebody else's fault. So why even bother? Why even bother listening at this point? Right, wrong, who cares? The guy's always right, even when he's wrong. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. But whatever. Uh, speaking of government, I want to I show you a little bit of what we're doing down here, ladies and gentlemen, down here in Australia, because things have accelerated in the space of a week. And this is, this is going to give you a little taste of what's to come, I think, if you're one of my American brothers and sisters. He's got candy, says Rat Hunter. <laughs> He's got candy. It doesn't really matter. New stats change things every day. Sure. Sure. But when it comes to something like uh, making predictions for like two weeks, a lot of people are like, eh, that's not going to happen. And see, again, that's like excuse making. I'm not saying you're doing it, Gary Vance, but that's excuse making. When we said you need to, when, two months ago, when we said you need to shut the airports now, otherwise um, it's going to get out of control. People said, nah, that's not true. You're a fucking idiot. What are you, you don't know what you're talking about. He's got better information. 
And then eventually when he did shut the airports like a month later, people said, oh, no, he's making the right decision now because he's got better information. It's like, well, how did I know then? Well, you don't know anything. Well, I knew a month earlier. Yeah, but you just guessed. <laughs> okay. Why didn't he Why didn't he do it a month earlier then? Oh, because the doctors were lying to him because the media made him lie. <laughs> it's a never-ending circle of bullshit. Can't do it anymore. It's been deified now. And it's not just him. It's 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 populations everywhere. It's governments everywhere. Because, like I said, one of the fallouts that's happening now—if you strip partisanship out of it—one of the things that's happening now is government power is becoming unquestionable. There's an example of it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The guy can do no wrong, and anything bad that happens is always somebody else's fault. No, sorry, can't go along with that. Can't go along with that. You may as well jump in you may as well jump in line at the abattoir and wait for the burly man to slit your throat because that's how it starts marching you over the cliff so here in australia things have accelerated and a little taste of things to come you know you thought the 1200 bucks you thought your 1200 trump bucks were good well australia likes to go one up australia number one because we're now giving people 750 dollars a week indefinitely we now have UBI. Just like that. Just like that. For a crisis, for the economic aspect of the crisis, which is completely government made. And if you don't know my position, I'll again, I'll repeat it. Like I said last week, my position is that everything that is happening now in the West, whether, whether it be Australia, the UK, the United States, Canada, whatever, everything that's happening right now is a mistake trying to fix the original mistake of not closing the borders two months ago when they had the opportunity. So that was a mistake, not closing the borders immediately, not quarantining China immediately. That was the mistake. We had a window where we could have acted. We didn't. Instead, we decided to pretend like it's not a big deal, it's not really happening, there's no issue here, and now we're paying for it. And now we're making a whole bunch of other mistakes like pissing on civil liberties, taking away individual freedoms, throwing our economies down the toilet. And all of those mistakes are trying to fix that original mistake, which is just compounding and making it worse. We won! <laughs> so in the space of a week here in Australia, we went from, you're not allowed to gather in groups of more than 500 people, that went to 100 people, that went to 50 people, that went to 10 people, and now it's down to two people. And police in my state here in New South Wales are now on the streets fining people if they are standing in a group of more than two people. I shit you not. If you're, if you're standing on a street corner having a cup of coffee in a group of three, you will be fined up to $11,000 or arrested. Just like that. Just like that. No debate. No discussion, and nobody cares. In fact, people are like, yes, you're saving us. They're saving us. They're making everything better. Take your $750 and shut the fuck up. This is the new normal in the West. Good morning. The federal government has announced the nation's largest ever stimulus package, $1,500 every fortnight for every worker affected by the coronavirus crisis for the next six months. Well, political reporter Olivia Leeming is in Canberra. Olivia, millions of Australians should now be able to keep their jobs. 
Yeah, an estimated 6 million workers will benefit from this so-called job keeper allowance, which will last over the next six months. It'll apply to businesses big... Uh, incidentally, $130 billion is over 10% of our GDP. That is over 10% of our budget in one bill. And small, if they if their revenue has fallen 30% as a result of the coronavirus. I'll see you in hell. They'll be given $1,500 a fortnight for every worker they keep on their books and they'll be forced to pass that on to their staff flowing from the 1st of May, but it will be available for anyone laid off uh, from uh, the 1st of March, including... Look, you know, I get it. But, you know, it's like, because people are going to say, well, what the hell are we supposed to do? I understand. I understand. And I'm somebody who's likely in the next couple of weeks going to be, I'm going to have to put my hand out just like everybody, and I don't want to do it. So I'm actually arguing against the thing that would benefit me. Right? But again... I, I've, I've given up. We're going into debt. We've, we've basically got UBI now. And this all stems from the original mistake of not closing the borders when we had the fucking chance. People are getting arrested. Ladies and gentlemen, people are getting arrested on the street for standing in groups of three. The economy has been completely overturned in the space of two weeks. Nobody cares. And then people are like, oh, what's your solution? What's your... I don't have any. I don't have any. I don't have a solution. We're fucked. That's that's it. There, that's, there, there is no solution now. We are fucked. <laughs> people are now boasting about the fact that this is going to fundamentally change um, Australian life forever. Oh, goody. Goody. What do you do? I can't do anything. I'm just a podcast host. I just make observations and say, well, this has fucked us. This has completely ruined us. Full-time, part-time, sole traders and casual workers who have been with their employer for at least... Don't worry about 1,200 uh, Trump bucks. We've got you beat. Australia number one. At least one year. Here's more from the Prime Minister. We want to keep the engine of our economy running through this crisis. It may run on idle for a time, but it must continue to run. For those who remain unemployed, the cap on what their partner is allowed to earn for them to receive welfare payments has increased from $48,000 a year to nearly $80,000, which will see an extra 400,000 Australians eligible for the job seeker payment. Part of the government's third rescue package, the biggest yet, the total of all three, now worth $320 billion. 30% of our economy. 30% of our economy. And that's coming. And, you know, again with this partisan shit, so the stimulus package that was passed in the US, right? Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. The stimulus package that was passed in the US last week, $2.2 trillion. One guy, one guy had the audacity to stand up. Massey, right? One guy had the audacity on the Republican side to stand up and say, hey, I don't think this is actually really good. This is actually terrible. And look at the look at the response. 
he's he's just he's just grandstanding. He's a rhino. The, to accuse the guy of grandstanding when you're doing a press conference with all the cameras going. Oh, we're saving we're saving America. And you know, like the big signing ceremony. But the guy who's got the audacity to be the lone voice to stand up against it, to offer at least to break the consensus, which is important, right? When you have all the politicians agreeing about something, that's when you know there's a fucking problem. That's when they're screwing you. So the one guy that had the audacity to come up and stand against it, he now he's now a demon, right? He's now the problem. Unfucking believable. All right, let's have a look at this. As his country fights a dramatic rise in coronavirus infections, US President Donald Trump says that social distancing guidelines will be extended until the end of April. <laughs> Mr. Trump also backed away from his earlier. We're a long way away from going back to work in two weeks now, aren't we? That was a week ago, remember? Oh, we'll be back to work in a few weeks. What happened? Did he get it wrong? No, 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 of course not. He didn't get it wrong. The doctors were lying to him. Ah. So he he has doctors around him giving him advice. That he has, he has uh, people lying to him in his inner circle? Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. But he never does anything wrong, right? No. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Prediction that the country would be back on its feet by Easter. Mm -hmm. He said he now expected the US to... Which, again, I suspected, and I, I think, to be fair, I was proven right, but not that it fucking matters anyway. Um, I suspected that he threw out that line to get a short-term bump in the stock market. And then the very next day after he made that announcement that everybody will be back by Easter, or whatever the words were to that effect... The stock market uh, opened at a new high, but no, I was—I'm wrong. He's right, even though he said the wrong thing. Gotcha. To be on its way to recovery uh, by June first. His comments came as the country's top infectious disease expert warned the coronavirus outbreak could kill 200,000 Americans nice. and infect millions more. Nice. The peak, the highest point of death rates. Remember this. <laughs> is likely to hit in two weeks. Nothing would be worse than declaring victory before the victory is won. But that's what you did, sir. Sir, that's <laughs> that's what you did. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this anymore. That's what you did, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, we will be extending our guidelines to April 30th to slow the spread. Well, for more, let's bring in DW Washington correspondent Carla Bleicher, who has Come been on, following Carla. the president's address. Us? Carla, what exactly is President Trump's strategy at this stage in the pandemic? Good question. Well, as we have heard, uh, President Trump announced that the current Ooh. measures will stay in place. So that means all non-essential businesses remain closed, schools remain closed, and people are to stay inside as far as that's possible. Mm -hmm. uh, on top of that, he aims to expand testing. He announced that the FDA has uh, approved five-minute uh, rapid corona tests, and he wants those to get Thank out. Uh, and on top of that, uh, he wants people in the hardest-hit states, so 
New York, New Jersey, certain areas of Connecticut to, to really remain where they are. Uh, and that's what this travel warning that was. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so much mixed messaging going on at this point. He wants people to stay where they are. There's a travel warning. Meanwhile, the states are actually putting National Guard on the fucking border and going car to car, checking your paperwork to see where you come from. It's just a warning. We just want people to stay at home, make sure they're doing the right thing, okay? We're all going to be back at work in two weeks. No, scratch that. In two weeks, most people are going to be dead. (laughs) So we're just having a warning. Whatever. Whatever. You, you have to, You may as well laugh at this point. Yeah, everything is good. Decrow, thank you for joining us. Good to see you again, brother. It could kill. Everything is good. You're not wrong. The, the only thing that isn't good is what the governments are now doing. That's not good. That's happening. That's, that's what's actually happening. What, we're arresting people if they stand in groups of three on the street in Sydney? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was last week, Boogie. Exactly, Lou Ferrigno in chat. Don't worry about last week. Last week, that was like ancient history. That's like that's like 20 years ago, man. What are you bringing up last week for? Whatever, whatever is said today in the moment, that's the truth. That's the real story. And if the real story changes tomorrow and the truth becomes something else, then you're an asshole for pointing out what the truth was yesterday because this is the new truth. This is the new reality because nothing is ever wrong. He never gets anything wrong. You have to understand that. He never gets anything wrong. Gary Vance, I still wouldn't trade him out for anyone else out there. And I wouldn't either. That's the fucking sad part of this observation. I'm not saying like, oh, he has to go. I'm not saying that the people who are in power need to be removed. Pointing out when politicians fuck up isn't the same thing as saying you need to vote for somebody else. People think that it is because people are, you know, low frequency morons. Because when you say something, they hear something else. They hear something competitive. So I'm not saying that, uh, you know, somebody else needs to be put in. And that's the, that's the fun part for me because I'll get Democrats saying, oh, Trump's finished, Trump's finished. And I'm like, really? Do you think so? He doesn't have to, he doesn't even have to do a good job managing this. He just has to be seen as better than Biden. A house brick is seen as better than Biden. A bucket of human shit would be more popular than Joe Biden. That's the real thing. It, it doesn't even matter if he mismanages the situation. It doesn't matter if he says the wrong thing. It doesn't matter if he gives false hope. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if people's rights get pissed away in the States. It doesn't matter if the economy crashes. All of that is irrelevant because essentially in an election, it's just this guy versus that guy. And if this guy is seen as better than that guy, then this guy will win. And like I said, a bucket of shit is more popular than Joe Biden. So it's not going to change anything. (laughs) Baby girl is better than sniffing Biden. (sighs) Governments, ladies and gentlemen, you know, they're looking after you. They're, They're protecting you. They're doing what they have to do to get done to protect you during this crisis. This is a very fun story. Towing companies boot trucks delivering food and supplies. <laughs> Let's have a look. You guys like this or 
trying to put a business out of business that we need to survive. Chris Stewart is outraged. The VP of Texas-based trucking company outraged. Norco says his driver was booted in Charlotte Wednesday and forced to pay $3,000 after delivering more than 25,000 pounds of meat to a grocery distribution center. Well Yeah. <laughs> oh. God bless. God bless those truckers bringing us our food, bringing us our supplies. You know, I think this piece of shit is parked illegally. <laughs> crisis? What crisis? Just because there's a crisis doesn't mean you can flout the rules, sir. Well, the restaurants are closed, so he went to a uh, grocery store to get something to eat, parked in an adjacent vacant lot. Mm -hmm. uh, when he came out, the truck was booted. Tiptoeing booted wow. the truck on North Tryon. Actually told us that if we didn't pay him the 3000 they were going to tow it, and then we'd owe him 4000 There are still some bad characters out there that are trying to take advantage of the situation. James mm -hmm. Downey with Kentucky-based Downey Trucking says his driver was also booted in Charlotte after picking up 80 cases of water. Hours before the stay-at-home <laughs> order went into effect, they were booted at this Calibridge Court Walmart, <laughs> even though he says they had permission to park <clears throat> there. Oh, do you now, huh? Walmart says it's aware of the situation and looking into it. Drivers are out here working long hours to try to keep stores, stock, medical supplies moved. Mm. Records show Trust Towing and Recovery charged them 3300 bucks. When they called to complain, he says the price went up. They told her that <laughs> Uh-huh. You find my truck driver for parking across the road when he was delivering vital supplies to a supermarket? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that is this this truck with this registration number? Uh, BF1G. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, your price just got doubled, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you piece of shit. He didn't shut up. They were going to charge us $5,000. Downey says he was told to pay within two hours or the truck would be towed and they'd have to pay eight grand. <laughs> In both cases, posted signs warn the lots are private and towing is enforced. Wow. Fox 46 is working to get results. Both companies say they'll file complaints with Attorney General Josh Stein, oh, who tells help. us he will investigate. Under a state of emergency... There's going to be an investigation, guys. Don't worry, somebody's going to investigate. No, Gary Vance, am I the only one with connection problems? No, there's a lot of people with connection problems. And I think, like, I've lowered my bit rate on this end and everything. I think the issue is... So many people right now are using the internet that um, it's probably affecting your bandwidth, right? So I don't know. I could be wrong. I'll I'll lower my bitrate even more. How about that? And see if that helps. I'll put it right down. Because I know it's annoying. Okay. I've put it right down like I've halved it now. So we'll see what's happening. What have we got here? Okay, this was a fun story. This one was sent through by UK Neil. Like I said, we've got we've got we've got important issues to do uh, to deal with here. But I'm going to do the fun stuff first. Many of us will face destitution. Sex workers call for government bailout as income nosedives due to coronavirus crisis. Who's looking after the hookers in all of this? Sex workers are calling on the government to offer them financial support after seeing their income plummet since the country went into coronavirus lockdown. Um, okay, what do you want? What are you after? You're after free money. 
Hmm. And what are you going to do for this money? Hmm? What service are you going to provide the community? I think if the hookers are getting taxpayer money, then they should probably provide some kind of service to taxpayers. Don't you think? Sex workers are calling on the government to offer them financial support after seeing their income plummet since the country went into coronavirus lockdown. The English Collective of Prostitutes sounds very official, doesn't it? <laughs> Makes you think that they have like some mansion in London somewhere. <laughs> Is demanding worker status for thousands of prostitutes across, across Stoke-on-Trent and the rest of the country. It is asking for easy-to-access financial support for struggling sex workers during the COVID-19 pandemic. Learn to fucking code, huh? In a statement seen by Birmingham Live, the group says, much sex work involves personal contact. Much? I thought most, if not all. Exactly what we are being warned against if the virus is to be contained. The virus comes on top of a crisis of poverty, especially among women. Most sex workers are mothers, mainly single mothers, who have been made poorer by the austerity cuts. The group says families in the Potteries and the rest of the UK have been forced to rely on the income from sex work to survive. Stay at home, ladies, says Dr. Sexy. Well, I've got good news for you, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody is taking the initiative. Somebody in the United States has harkened back to their entrepreneurial flair which the country of the United States was founded upon, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody is coming up with solutions, and that's what we love here on this program. We, lo we love solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the solution to out-of-work sex workers. This one was sent through by Gypsy and was also remarked upon by Amberlina in the chat. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Booba Eats. Instead of just perpetuating fear, I would like to shake my boobs and my butt and bring you some food. Nice. This is a strip club turned delivery service. It went from income to no income. And um, so it's great that my boss on the fly came up with this. It's keeping a lot of dancers and bouncers and cooks and bartenders and everybody making money. As you know, I am the black shirt wearing libertarian. I make no bones about that. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm not somebody who thinks um, sex work needs to be illegal. If if you want to, if you want to go out there and do that for money, that choice is yours, my friend. Go and have at it. So you know, I don't care what people do to make money. It's their problem, not mine. But I do love that somebody. So a strip club obviously got shut down. Oh, it's not safe anymore. You're not allowed to get a lap dance. Okay, fair enough. Whatever. Uh, so somebody, an ingenious entrepreneur, has come up with the idea. Because, you see, the food delivery services, they're now essential services, right? And he's got this whole... He's got a whole stable full of strippers with nothing to do. <laughs> Why not make use of them? <laughs> I think it's fucking fantastic. During these hard times. And it's all doom and gloom, you know, and we're just bringing a little bit of food and a side of boobs. Food and a side of boobs. Without these ladies working as hard as they are, and as hard as they do, we would not have uh, the business um, that we have today or before we closed. Um, you know, Diversifying we were before, their business, we had, exactly, um, Degra. 
bartenders, cooks, bouncers, uh, security people, DJs, and about 70 dancers that work for us. And See, there's a responsibility too for the for the strip club owner, right? I will never understand, Tiara, thanks for joining us. People out here eating hooker pussy but freak out over the sniffles. Good point. <laughs> Good point. There's a response. He would feel a responsibility, this guy, even though it's entirely not his fault that the government has come in and said, okay, the government has now just decided that a strip club is a dirty place. <laughs> I see you in hell. They've now just decided that there may be germs in uh, surrounding sex work locations, right? So they've now decided no more germs than, say, the factory down the road or the restaurant, mind you, which is a little concerning that the government would put all of those into the same column, but putting that to one side. So he would feel like a responsibility. What did he say? He's got 70 employees, bouncers, cooks, managers, dancers, right? So rather than just sit on your hands and go, oh, well, too bad, too bad, so sad, see you later. He's like, well, how can I keep, how can I, he wants the money, obviously. He needs to keep me uh, making money. How can I keep these people in a job? I think it's fucking fantastic. Put your moral, put your moral um, objection to what they do to one side and just see the genius of it. I think the guy deserves a fucking medal, if nothing else. All 70 of these dancers, their main source of income is dancing. They were reaching out to me, asking me, what do I do? How do I make money? How long is this going to last? They, the bouncers escort the dancers to bring food to hungry customers. We will deliver your food with a smile and some little jiggly titties. Now, this is apparently happening in Oregon, and I know a couple of my listeners come from Oregon, Steph in particular. I would be surprised if Steph is not making the most of this service already. Gee, you'd want to make sure that your neighbours... You'd want to make sure that your neighbours are on the level. Mommy, mommy, somebody's getting food delivered. <laughs> Go to bed, Jimmy. Go to your room and lock the door and don't come out until I say so. What the hell is going on out there? <laughs> Naked women get out carrying brown paper bags with flares going off. <laughs> Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> you mispronounced saggy. So along with the price of food... So there's a there's a thirty dollar cover charge to have the little dance on your porch. I mean, it's definitely a pay cut, but it's almost worth the pay cut to see all these people doing jobs that they normally wouldn't be doing just to work together, try to help each other. See, positive attitude, positive outlook. Yeah, yeah, it's a pay cut, but we're doing the best we can. We've got to do something else. We're making money, right? <laughs> These dudes got to be edging while they wait for their order. <laughs> Honey, did we order pussy? <laughs> Don't worry, dear. I'll get. I'll. I'll order. I'll make sure we get the right stuff. 
<laughs> Henry St. George Tucker Bumper in the chat's got the solution. It's the only place that delivers at this hour, sweetie. I'm sorry, it's the only place that I could find. And it's really exciting to watch how this has, like, progressed and how much it is fulfilling our community. because so- oh, Let's not go down that path. It's fulfilling the community? Okay, that's a little bit of a stretch. Come on now. <laughs> let's not go down the path of saying that, you know, we're making the world a better place or anything. I appreciate that you're still making money and you've found a use for otherwise unemployable strippers, but hey, that's where it ends. That's where the party ends, right? Uh, really, it's really uplifting to know that we're bringing so much joy to the community. <laughs> Hang on, just hold back on that. You're not fucking Mother Teresa. People have no hope about this at all. <laughs> he acts surprised when he's like, "Well, honey, it's the only place. I don't even. I didn't even know it was a stripper service." Hey, listen, man, you got my 30 bucks? Yeah, yeah, I just left I left it under the mat, under the doormat. Honey, don't get angry at me. I didn't know. I thought booba eats as in like, you know, it's a boob, like a dumb guy. I'm a dumb guy. I'm a boob. I thought it was for me. I didn't know. I swear to God. And even though we're keeping our social distance, like we're providing smiles, tapas and tatas, it's really exciting to do something different and innovative. The sudden, cl- the sudden closures have jolted the economy and left many unemployed. Goldman Sachs economists predict that in the third week of March, which is now... Approximately 2.25 millions will have filed for unemployment. Is it about that? I think that's about that. I'll get some tater tits. Whore dash. That's a good name. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It's good to have some income coming in, but it sucks. We normally make quite a bit more money, and it's definitely a weird shift, but... In these trying times, you got to take whatever you can right now. That's it. That's it. you got to do whatever you can. So tip of the hat, ladies and gentlemen, to the girls of Boober Eats. Tip of the hat, whoever came up with that idea. Because I think that's fantastic. Another hero of this week's edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen, well, tonight's, pardon me, Monday night's edition of the Daily Boogie. <clears throat> the King of Thailand gets a special mention. <laughs> Rules for me and not for thee. King of Thailand isolates from coronavirus with 20 women. Oh, yeah. Thailand's Playboy King has taken over a luxury German hotel, so he's not even in Thailand. (laughs) He's taken over a, a luxury hotel. He's taken over the whole hotel. Thailand's Playboy King has taken over a luxury... Like, if you're going to be a king dictator type, this is the way to do it. Like, you may as well go all out. You may as well embrace it. Thailand's Playboy King has taken over a luxury German hotel to isolate from the coronavirus, along with a harem of 20 women, according to reports. King Maha... Anyone want to take a stab at that name? Vajira Longkorn? Vajira Longkorn? Let's go with Vajira Longkorn. 67. Reportedly booked the entire Grand Hotel Sunabiku 
with special permission to break the lockdown in the Alpine resort of Gumsch. I can't pronounce that either. The Independent said, quoting German media, but rather than isolate, he moved in a harem of 20 concubines <laughs> along with a team of servants, the UK paper said. The king, widely known as Rama X, planned an even bigger party, but 119 members of his entourage were forced to return to Thailand amid fears they had the potentially deadly bug. <clears throat> so while his country, his country is in lockdown, people have coronavirus in Thailand, he has to send 120 of his own employees back to Thailand, he stays in Germany books out an entire hotel, keeps 20 women in like a kind of a sex stable and says, don't worry, I'll catch up with you later. That's a king, ladies and gentlemen. That's the way a king should act. I don't want kings to bring hope to people. I don't want kings to be, you know, doing the right thing. If I have a king, that's the way I want my king to be. That's a king you can be proud of. It was not clear if his fourth wife, former flight attendant, uh, flight attendant was even with him. <laughs> would she be why would she be send her ass back to thailand sorry baby you're infected don't worry these girls will look after me but the grand hotel was given special permission to host the king and his entourage because quote the guests are a single homogenous group of people with no fluctuation a spokesman for the local district council said according to the report so a tip of the hat to tonight's hero of the night the king of thailand ladies and gentlemen Absolutely sensational. Perfect way to address this. <clears throat> Here's a fun one for you. Doctor arrested after being accused of deliberately coughing on nurses. A Connecticut doctor was arrested after police say he intentionally coughed on and hugged nurses in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak. Shit is getting real. The University of Connecticut Police Department arrested and charged Dr. Corey Edgar 48 with breach of the peace according to a police report obtained by Hartford uh, by the Hartford Current police were reportedly called to the Yukon Health Outpatient Surgery Clinic after they were alerted that a doctor was deliberately coughing on and hugging the nurses causing them a substantial amount of alarm <laughs> what the hell are we doing here the fuck is going on All right. <clears throat> I've got an interesting story for you here. Chinese company shipped out millions of Australia's masks, hand sanitizer, and glove supplies. Has anybody seen the uh, stories coming out of various Western countries where they're getting masks and medical equipment and stuff from China and then having to send it back because it's defective? And I can't, I can't do anything except laugh, which makes me a horrible person, obviously. Because, you know, somebody's now dying because their government is so fucking inept that they couldn't even produce their own medical equipment. And in the, in the midst of a, you know, a medical crisis that originated in China, they are still ordering products from China instead of trying to make it themselves. <laughs> so I can't do anything except laugh. I'm like, ha <laughs> dickheads, idiots. But this is something we've been dealing with in Australia for a long time. Chinese companies shipped out millions of Australia's masks, hand sanitizers, and glove supplies. A Chinese government-backed property giant has secretly raided in bulk Australia's supplies of masks, hand sanitizer, antibacterial wipes, and essential medical supplies and shipped them back to China. 
The Greenland Group, which manages high-end real estate projects in Sydney and Melbourne, proactively drained the Australian supplies of anti-coronavirus equipment, the Sydney Morning Herald reported. Listen to these numbers. 3 million surgical masks, 500,000 pairs of gloves, and bulk supplies of sanitizers and wipes were bought up in Australia and other countries where Greenland operates. While the bulk purchases and shipping were perfectly legitimate, the goods shipped in bulk to China include the very items that have been in short supply for Australian citizens as well as health professionals, ladies and gentlemen. So the Chinese government uh, backed corporations which are operating in other countries are buying up medical supplies and hand sanitizers and face masks and then shipping them back to China. And in the countries where those products are being shipped from are then ordering face masks and hand sanitizers and medical equipment from China. And when it arrives, it doesn't work. (laughs) How do you not take the black pill at this point? No, the government's doing the government's doing everything they can to protect us. If you don't understand that the government is protecting us, if you don't understand that the government's doing a good job, you're fucking crazy, man. He did everything he could. The government is doing the best job possible. <laughs> I think it's important to arrest people who are groups of more than two people. I think it's important to check everybody's car and for the National Guard to go door to door. I think the government is doing a great job. If you don't believe the government's doing a great job, you must be a stupid person. You don't understand. You've got the wrong information. (laughs) We deserve this. We deserve this. This is penance. This is just, this is justice. We absolutely deserve this. Because we've been wandering around with our thumb up our ass for too long, just believing, just just shoveling the bullshit down our throats when the governments come out and say that they're doing the right thing and they protect us and they love us and they're they're doing everything they can. We absolutely deserve this for believing it. 100%. I've got no doubt about it. I am now on Team Virus. I don't know how much of this video will play because I do want to get to the Earn It Act, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this came out last week in Australia. Check it out. Wuhan, China, a sprawling city of 11 million people. It was here that coronavirus, our invisible, brutal enemy, was born. The brutal enemy. The invisible, brutal enemy festering at least a month and a half before the world was told. That's another thing I don't like. When people come out and say, well, we didn't know. There's new information. We didn't know. No, sorry. Not going along with that. If your government leaders are saying that, if your government leaders are operating on information like fucking... Like, if they're changing their mind from yesterday to today, like, and doing complete 180s in policy, no, 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 no. They knew about this shit months before we knew. And if they didn't know about it, then they have no right to govern. None whatsoever. If your government leaders are coming out and saying, oh, we didn't really know until, like, the end of February what was going on, bullshit then what the hell are you paying uh, for the surveillance state for? 
why the hell do you have a fucking spy network? If you couldn't tell that in China, for example, they were fucking quarantining 750 million of their own citizens as early as late last year, and you didn't know? You didn't fucking know? Bullshit you didn't know. The problem was economics. The problem was the money. Because China is the world's halfway house when it comes to finance. Money goes in and money comes out. Products go in and products go out. It is the second largest economy on planet Earth. That's why all of the other economies didn't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. If the, if the virus had have started in a third world country that nobody cares about, they would have put a fumigation tent over the joint in the first 24 hours and said, that's it. Nobody goes in, nobody comes out. No products in, no products out until we sort this out. But because it was China, eh, business as usual. Business as usual. And now, now the economies are dealing with it twice as bad. Now the economies are feeling it even worse. Which makes you wonder, well, is it all intentional then? Is it all intentional? Because again, I'll remind you, if you strip the partisanship out of it, if you strip this bullshit that people are carrying on with, making fools of themselves, going, yeah, well, my guy's doing a great job. If you don't understand that my guy's doing a great job, you're the bad guy. My government's doing everything it can. They're doing a tremendous job. If you're still, if you're still on that plane of, uh, you know, existence, if you're still on that train of thought, let me help you out here. If you strip the partisanship out of the conversation, if you strip this bullshit of defending your guy or your team out of the conversation, here's what's happening. Four points. Civil liberties are being redefined and enforced heavy-handedly. We did the story about the National Guard checking people's fucking ID, putting up roadblocks. Extreme surveillance is being normalized. They're now they're now openly advocating. Here's, here's a story for you. I plan to get to it later on, ladies and gentlemen. Check this out. Google wants your data in exchange for a coronavirus test. While US President Donald Trump may have mangled the details in his press conference, Google really has launched a coronavirus screening tool. The website, which was developed in collaboration with the state of California, was rolled out on March 16 and currently offers coronavirus testing services in four counties. At first glance, it's simple. The site runs users through a series of screening questions via the company's Project Baseline health data collection platform. If the system deems them eligible, they're allowed to make an appointment for a much-coveted coronavirus test. There's just one catch. Users must have a Google account to use the screening tool. If you're sitting at home wondering if your cough is seasonal allergies or COVID-19, you probably think this sounds like a good idea. And it, it is a deal because Google didn't launch its screening tool out of altruism. It's doing so, at least in part, because it wants access to your health data as part of the company's intense push into the healthcare business. The second point that I've raised again, extreme surveillance is being normalized. We've got Microsoft, you've got Amazon, you've got Google, and you've got Apple. Apple, that's MAGA. Google is MAGA. Google is MAGA now. You got Microsoft? It's doing a great job. It's doing a great job. Ladies and gentlemen. But more on that in just a moment. I don't think there's any dispute 
at all in terms of the scientific record that this virus made its original jump. Oh, just further to that, pardon me. The third point that I raised earlier, government power is becoming unquestionable. Because after pointing that after pointing that out, after pointing that article out, that Google is working with the White House to develop an, uh, a system for tracking coronavirus spread in exchange for getting access to people's private health data because Google wants in on that business, right? For pointing that out, you will now get people saying, what, you must have Trump derangement syndrome. He would never do that, you stupid foreigner. You must be a communist. They're doing a great job. People are lying to him. It's not his fault. It is what it is. <laughs> and the fourth point, of course, economies are moving to control models. Take take your free money, ladies and gentlemen, and go to Amazon if you can still get a delivery. To the first human sometime in mid-November of last year. Emerging diseases expert Laurie Garrett has been eyewitness to more than 30 frightening disease outbreaks, including Ebola and SARS. Nice. Like most New Yorkers... She's a thrill-seeker. She's now restricted to her apartment in Manhattan, sheltering from coronavirus. That's about 12 and a half million human beings. So we're... Uh, we're a little bit bigger. I feel more at ease because look at all the books she has. All those books make me think this is a person who knows their shit. Then Wuhan. And I feel like that's what I'm looking at. America's Wuhan. The epicenter of the coronavirus in the States at the moment. I don't know if you, I don't know if you hear it right now, but I hear four sirens. Oh come on. Let's not pretend like police sirens in New York is some fucking new experience. <laughs> I've seen enough TV. <laughs> if you just look outside, there's police there's police cars going everywhere. In New York, who would have thunk it? It's usually very peaceful, very quiet. Right now outside. These are all ambulances. There goes another one. November. This was November. mid-November, and first cases... Remember, we didn't know anything until February. We didn't know. We've got new information. It's not our fault. They're doing a great job. ...of a strange new flu start surfacing. From early December, Chinese authorities say the new virus has arisen from a local live fish and animal market. They're adamant. It's not his fault. He didn't know anything until February. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm going to keep doing that voice now forever. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that voice until everybody gets sick of it. That voice is the partisan activist voice. That's my new partisan guy voice. Partisan man. The PM, partisan man. I didn't know anything until March. What do you want him to do? It's got new information. It's not his fault. He's doing a great job. It's not SARS or anything like it. Anyone who suggests otherwise is suppressed. On New Year's Eve, an official announcement. The closure of the wet market has stopped the spread of the disease and there is no evidence of human-to-human -human infection of the virus. <laughs> but as you'll see, that was not true. That was not true. From the very beginning throughout... But that was not true. December, it was spreading, and we now know it was spreading human to human. But the official line 
of the Chinese government was that this was all related to an animal market. And once they closed the market, it would all go away. It's not my guy's fault. He believes the Chinese government. You can believe the Chinese government. They always tell the truth. Did they know differently at that time? Absolutely. Because uh, they were seeing cases coming into the hospitals that had nothing whatsoever to do with <laughs> Rusty that. in the chat. Hey, arrest those guys. They're not six feet apart. Animal market. <laughs> A group of senior doctors at Wuhan Central Hospital (laughs) was becoming more and more terrified by the cases they were seeing. Mm -hmm. Chief amongst them was Dr. Li Wenliong. Who is now dead. (laughs) Who is now dead, thanks to the coronavirus. It was amazing. Like I don't know if you remember a month ago, we were doing a live stream and we were dealing with this myth that people were spreading back then. Because remember, back then we were still in the grips of, but it's just like the flu. It'll go away in a couple of weeks. This is all just a media campaign. It's just the flu. People are saying it's nothing worse than the flu. So we were going through that stage of denial. And uh, somebody came up in the chat and said something like, it, it only affects old people and people with hypochondria. So like the guy was legitimately saying only old people have died. And I said, yeah, but we know that the doctor who discovered the fucking virus died of it. And he was like in his 30s. <laughs> so what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> it only affects the old people. It's just like the flow. <laughs> the whistleblower who first Fuckin tried hell. to warn the world. I'm sure history will record Lee Wen Leong as the hero of this entire pandemic. Chinese Chinese history won't record him as the hero of the pandemic. Chinese history will record him as somebody who never existed. (laughs) That he was seeing people with a bizarre form of pneumonia. Uh, He got into a chat room and said, I think this looks SARS-like. So he posted this. That triggered every alarm in the system. So He died of whistleblowerites. Were brought before... um, you know, the equivalent of a hospital. He was wearing a defective Chinese mask, winning TV. themselves liars and that rumor mongers. And they were officially chastised, but mm-hmm. they continued working. It's funny. Um, for, a, um, for a university assignment, a writing assignment, I once wrote, um, so I, I did a speech like for an assignment from a climate skeptics point of view i had to do one that was pro climate change and that was against climate change using the same facts in both right so the skeptic one that i did i wrote about uh this guy named uh ignace hemmelweiss and most people don't know who ignace hemmelweiss is i think he was hungarian it was a few years ago when i did this i think he was hungarian he's the guy who discovered that you know a couple of hundred years ago wherever it was that uh, germs can be spread from one person to another via the doctor's hands, right? So he started going around and telling other doctors in the medical profession, like, because back then, like, you know, I think like 50% of childbirth resulted in death, either of the baby or the mother. But doctors were going from patient to patient to patient, like with shit and blood and germs all over their hands, not washing their hands. So he started writing papers and talking about his discovery in the medical profession. And he started trying to get doctors to wash their hands in between seeing patients, right? 
and he did this for years. Nobody believed him. Everybody said he was a lunatic. Uh, everybody said that he's way off, that he's coming. He believes in, oh, he believes in microscopic little creatures that are alive, that are killing people. What a fucking fruit loop, right? Again, this is like a couple of hundred years ago. He ended up dying alone in an insane asylum. They locked him up for this belief that germs were being spread from one person to another because doctors weren't washing their hands. It was only like years after he was dead. I think he committed suicide after being like in the insane asylum for like 10 years. It was only years after he was dead that people discovered, oh shit, he was actually telling the truth. Right? And like, oh shit, this guy was actually onto something. So I wrote, you know, I wrote that in, as part of a, you know, a, a climate skeptics uh, speech to a group of climate skeptics as if to say what, you know, what the experts are saying now doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's real in the future, right? And asking questions and being able to have, being able to um, challenge accepted norms is actually a vital part of the scientific method. You know, any time that <clears throat> science is treated as like unquestionable law then we're all we all get fucked eventually and so you look you look at this guy who was coming out and saying no no there's something different here there's there's some kind of um there's some kind of new phenomenon here that we're dealing with and you look at all of the authorities that surrounded him they was <laughs> i didn't even know he was sick trenton wave <laughs> <laughs> well done <laughs> For people who don't watch uh, Revenge of the Sis, you won't you won't get that. <laughs> it, I, I, I never get sick of that gag. I don't care. I don't. The, and the more people get sick of it, the more it makes me laugh too. I didn't even know. He, I didn't even know he was sick. I, I laugh harder. So, this guy came out and like to his colleagues and said, "Hey, we're dealing with something different here. That we're dealing with something that's not natural. This is something completely different." And again, it just makes me think of all the people who say, well, it's just like the flu, <laughs> right? And what was his, what did he get for it? Well, he got to die in a hospital bed and he got to have uh, his profession say, probably under threat by the Chinese government, granted, but he got to have his profession say that he's a madman and he's making it all up and he's a conspiracy theorist, right? That, that was his reward. So maybe posthumously he may be credited with the guy, as the guy who discovered that coronavirus is a thing and it's not just the flu and it's actually something different. But in those early days of this, like back in December, I found it amazing that the Chinese government was coming out and saying this is a conspiracy theory and it's just like the flu. And so were so many people in the West because, hey, we've got to defend the team. We've got to defend our guy. Literally repeating Chinese government propaganda and not even realizing it. But whatever. Remember Ignaz Hemmelweis. That's all I can say to that. Treating patients. And of course, we all know Li Wenliang died as a result of COVID at the age of 34. They are responsible for one of the worst global pandemics ever known to mankind. And it's happening right now and it's destroying people. It's destroying lives, pandemics ever. Looks like a young Steve Martin there. Ever known to mankind. And it's happening right now and it's destroying people. 
It's destroying lives and it's destroying our economy. US Congressman Michael McCall is the most senior Republican on the Foreign Affairs Committee and is former chairman of Homeland Security. Ben K. Veritas in a chat, apparently gargling with peroxide daily could help you from getting it. I've got a better idea. I want to take the approach of the Hungarian leader, the Hungarian president. Okay. Is it Hungary or Bul Bulgaria? One of the Garias. Hey, swat Garias. Hungaria, Bulgaria, whatever Garia it is. Can't get any Garia. Um, I think it was Bulgaria. The leader of Bulgaria came out and said, we're not doing anything for coronavirus. Vodka and saunas will fix it. <laughs> so he's encouraged his population to drink more vodka and take more saunas. And I'm like, I want this guy. I want this guy as our leader. Can we elect him here? <laughs> Just drink more. You'll be fine. <laughs> what a fucking legend. He accuses China of deliberately hiding the truth. Oh, what? Well, what? Described it previously. what? Why, why would a communist dictatorship hide the truth? Come on now. That'd be silly. He's the worst cover-up in human history. I, I think it was criminal uh, what, what they did. But this isn't just a war between the US and China. China. Congressman McCall points to a respected independent newspaper based in Beijing, which uncovered shocking behavior by Chinese government officials. Mm -hmm. It reported that testing labs that had cracked the code and identified the mystery flu as a new coronavirus strain were ordered to hand over or destroy their samples. They were not allowed to release their findings. This is not new. This was reported in, what, December last year? This was reported at least in January that this one particular newspaper came out and said, hey, this lab has discovered this new virus and they've been ordered to destroy their samples. Western media started reporting on it, I think, two weeks ago. Right? You can't tell me that people didn't know. You cannot tell me that governments with all of their powers of surveillance, they literally have teams of people who monitor media in other countries, right? Yeah, exactly. La, 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 la. It's just the flu. Don't worry about it. It's just the flu. nothing to say here. And what happened if you were somebody who was bringing these kinds of talking points up, saying, hey, there's something really happening here. The Chinese government is destroying samples. Um, the doctor who discovered it is now dead from the virus. You're just, you're just spreading fear. You're a fear monger. You're just spreading fear. You're doing work. There, You're doing the work of the Democrats in the mainstream media. <laughs> so we fucking deserve this. We absolutely deserve this. All right. There is something else that I wanted to bring to you that I've been hanging on to for a couple of weeks, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, been shared. It's been shared with me by a few people. Uh, ben K. Veritas was the first one to bring this to me. It's not coronavirus related, but this goes into the column of shit that's happening in the background while the coronavirus story is taking place. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll, I'll see, see you in hell. hell. This is shit that goes into the background while the coronavirus is taking place. 
And just again, here's the tweet that I put out earlier. Remove partisanship from the equation. Here's what's happening. Civil liberties are being redefined and enforced heavy-handedly. Extreme surveillance is being normalised. Government power is becoming unquestionable. And economies are moving to control models. Nobody cares. Right? I bring you, ladies and gentlemen, the Earn It Bill. As usual, everything we refer to tonight in the show will be in the show notes on the Podbean website once we've wrapped up. The Earn It Bill is the government's plan to scan every message online. Do you remember about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, we covered the video of the government minister in Canada saying that we want access to your encrypted messages. The excuse that the Canadians are using is because people are passing fake news to each other and that's having an effect on our election. So they're going with the same excuse that we covered on this show over a year ago now after the Brazilian election where they blamed WhatsApp for the election of Bolsonaro because people were in WhatsApp groups sharing encrypted messages, which was fake news and memes, and that's what got Bolsonaro elected, right? None of this is new. And that's why we have the game show, It'll Never Happen Here, because we keep saying, it's coming to you, it's coming to you. And people keep saying, it'll never happen here. People keep saying... Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a new episode of It'll Never Happen Here, live from the Do Live Studios with your host, Boogie Bumper. Brazil, come on down. That's right, Brazil. Get your ass on down here. Canada, come on down. Make your way down, Canada. And of course, the United States of America. You're the next contestant on It'll Never Happen Here. But we have a constitution. <laughs> Imagine an internet where law, where the law required every message sent to be read by government-approved scanning software. Companies that handle such messages wouldn't be allowed to securely encrypt them or they'd lose the legal protections that allow them to operate. <clears throat> That's what the Senate Judiciary Committee has proposed and hopes to pass into law. The so-called Earnet Bill, sponsored by Senators Lindsey Graham and Richard Blumenthal. Yes, it's another one of those bipartisan things. Remember what I said earlier? When they all agree, that's when you're getting screwed the hardest. Never mind that. If somebody should stand up and oppose this bill, why, they're probably a fake MAGA rhino who needs to be kicked out like that Massey guy. He's probably just grandstanding for his own social media profile. Fuck him. He hates the stimulus and he hates America. He's an anti-American. Anybody who stands against this is probably on the side of the communists. We'll strip Section 230 protections away from any website that doesn't follow a list of best practices, meaning those sites can be sued into bankruptcy. The best practices list will be created by a government commission. <laughs> it's like fucking Soviet Russia. Nobody cares. <clears throat> Headed by Attorney General William Barr. But William Barr's a good guy. William Barr believes in freedom. He's a great man. William Barr would never do anything wrong. I support William Barr. Who has made it very clear that he would like to ban encryption and guarantee law enforcement legal access to any digital message. And this is generally the point where people come up to me and say, but Boogs, 
They've been doing that forever. The NSA is already reading your personal messages. The NSA is already reading your encrypted data, to which I say, yes, but the problem is now they're trying to do it legally. Do you see the difference here? To say that they've always done it, therefore it should be legalised, is literally the dumbest fucking argument on planet Earth. You know why? Do you have a problem with illegal immigration? Illegal immigration has has always taken place. They're already doing it. It may as well be legal. You can't legalise illegal immigration. What are you, some kind of crazy nut? This is exactly the same thing that you're telling me. Murder has always taken place. Why don't they just legalise it? Oh, the the government has always tried to snoop in your uh, encrypted data. Why not just make it legal? You are literally no different to an SJW talking about illegal immigration at this point, except far more dangerous because you fucking believe it. At least they're doing it, uh, you know, sarcastically to, to try and get what they want. You You genuinely believe it. You're a special kind of stupid. The Earn It Bill had its first hearing today and its supporters' strategy is clear. Because they didn't put the word encryption in the bill, they're going to insist that it doesn't affect encryption. This bill says nothing about encryption, co-sponsor Senator Blumenthal. <laughs> Blumenthal. <laughs> Blumenthal and Lindsey Graham are on board with this. Have you found a word in this bill about encryption? He asked one witness. It's true that the bill's authors avoided using that word, but they did propose legislation that enables an all-out assault on encryption. It would create a 19-person commission that's completely controlled by the Attorney General and law enforcement agencies. And, like, you think it's a good idea now. What happens when the other team gets back into power? How do you think it's going to work then? And at a hearing, a vice president... Uh, a vice president at a national centre for missing and exploited children made it clear what he wants the best practices to be. You see, because the cover that's being used, we often talk about the protection meme on this show, and these kinds of things are usually gift-wrapped in something that makes it palatable for you. You know, how do you get people to go along with some kind of bill or some kind of law that they would otherwise be against? And how you do that is you gift wrap that law, you gift that wrap bill as something that they absolutely must have. So it's got the pretty packaging on the outside, but then when you open it up, it's just a box of turds. It's just a box of shit. Oh, I didn't want this. Too late. It's yours now. Right? So on the left, they'll use things like racism or, um, you know, misogyny or oppression or inequality, and then they'll pass these laws and these bills, which are boxes of shit but are gift-wrapped under things like, oh, we're just making everything equal. We're just looking after oppressed people, right? And on the right, they'll use law and order. And it's the same thing. Well, we're protecting, we're either protecting oppressed people from oppression, we're protecting people against bias, that's why we need this law, or we're protecting you against this evil thing. We're protecting you against danger. We're, We're keeping you safe. It is exactly the same method, just with different words put in. It's probably the same guy writing the bill for both teams. Just swapping in different words depending on who they're trying to appeal to, who they're trying to get support from. So the government now, the most powerful government on earth, is using the child trafficking system as the reason to get access to your private encrypted messages, to get access to your personal messages. 
if this was happening before the internet, it would be akin to somebody from the government standing at your letterbox checking all your mail before you get to read it. Essentially what happens to prisoners. Your data is being, they're arguing for your data to be tracked by Google to map the spread of coronavirus. You're not allowed outside without a good reason to do so. They're putting up roadblocks at different states to check your fucking paperwork and the government is going to start reading your mail. Are you sick of winning yet? Earn it. The US anti-encryption bill that threatens private speech online there's a new bill in the works to fight against child sexual abuse material and other risky services on the internet, but it could come at a cost to online privacy. Eliminating abusive or rampant neglect of interactive technologies, the Earnet, was proposed by Senate Judiciary Committee and sponsored by senators from both sides of the aisle, such as Lindsey Graham and Richard Blumenthal. However, this bill is problematic for both freedom of speech and privacy online, according to Rihanna uh, Pfefferkorn, Associate Director of Surveillance and Cybersecurity at the Centre for Internet and Society. This bill is trying to convert your anger at big tech into law enforcement's long-desired dream of banning strong encryption. Do you want to hear that quote again? This bill is trying to convert your anger at big tech into law enforcement's long-desired dream of banning strong encryption argued Pfefferkorn in a blog post. Pfefferkorn's detailed explanation says Earnit appears less like a legitimate way to prevent the spread of child exploitation content and more like a covert attempt to ban end-to-end encryption without having to ban it outright. This argument came up during, we were doing podcast um, after the Christchurch massacre, right? And Governments, include the Australian government and the UK government, started passing laws within days after the Christchurch shooting. And those laws were any questionable content, like any violent content, anything like that, that goes to Facebook Live or other live streaming services. If that happens, the CEOs and the people that work at these companies can be put in prison. And a lot of people were like, well, yes, good, bravo. We need to do something. Again, the protection meme, right? We're protecting you. Law and order. A general reminder that it's a conservative government in in Australia and the UK that passed these laws within three days. They can't pass uh, major immigration reform. They can't pass taxation reform. That's too hard. But when it comes to um, cracking down on free expression, they can do that within hours, apparently. So people were like, well, it's not punishing anybody. We're just, we're only punishing the CEOs of these companies that allow questionable or harmful content to get out there in the internet. And I'm like, don't you see what happens now though? You're creating a legal liability for people. So now why would they allow anything but things like CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, In the future, why would they allow anything but corporate-approved mainstream news to take place? Because they don't know what you're going to live stream. This is how you set in motion the tools to ban live streaming. You make it legally, you make it a legal liability for the people that do it. So why would multi-million dollar companies and CEOs and people that work at these companies take the risk on little old me or little old you being allowed to live stream? when they can't guarantee that you're not going to do something that is, you know, quote unquote questionable or quote unquote 
are harmful. They're not go- they're just not going to let you do it in the first place. Why let you? When if they let you and you fuck up, they go to prison. So that's how you ban live streaming. You don't have to say, you don't have to, um, you know, people say, oh, we've got the Constitution, we've got the Bill of Rights, we've got free speech, whatever. You don't have to attack free speech. You just throw in prison the, the owners of the platforms if they allow you to, to express yourself, right? It's not the same thing. If somebody wants to screw you enough, they will find a way to do it. Even the Washington Post, ladies and gentlemen, even the Washington Post is right on this. The Cybersecurity 202, cybersecurity expert slam child protection bill that risks rolling back encryption. Congress should abandon a new bill that is that could be used to roll back encryption as part of an effort to combat the spread of online child pornography, according to an overwhelming majority of cybersecurity experts surveyed by the Cybersecurity 202. About 85% of our standing panel of experts called the bill, dubbed the Earn It Act, a bad idea. Quote, The Earnit Act would cause great harm to the open internet and put everyday Americans at greater risk creating problems rather than offering a solution. So often, every solution that seems to be put forward by governments nowadays more and more just creates more problems that we need to create more solutions for. Problem reaction solution. So let's hear what Lindsey Graham himself had to say about this when they were doing a hearing for this a couple of weeks ago. Let's let's see the reason why you need to have your encrypted messages, why you need to have your privacy online done away with. Good morning. Uh, thank you all for attending this, what I think is going to be a very important hearing. And mm. Senator Blumenthal, I want to thank you for the hard work you've put into It's very important. Look at all those empty chairs there. It's very important. It's twice as many empty chairs as there is fucking politicians. Very important bill. Reminder that this was about two weeks ago. So this is March 11, happening right in the middle of the coronavirus crisis. Just bubbling along in the background. Government never stops. Government never sleeps. While we're talking about roadblocks while we're talking about not being allowed outside, people getting arrested, people getting fined for being in groups of more than two people. The government is still working away behind the scenes doing what they do. Drafting this piece of legislation, Senator Feinstein is on the way. She said it would be okay if we got started. Uh, I normally don't say a whole lot in opening statements, but I might take a bit of time today. Uh, Please do. I want to introduce into the record my full statement that I'll introduce into the record without objection and kind of remind people what brought us here today. That's what's, what brought us here today. In July, we had a hearing about sexual exploitation of children, social media applications, technical companies having data about child exploitation. And I'm trying to find a way to child-proof these systems and make sure innovation continues and that the people in the business know what they need to do to earn liability protection when it comes to preventing sexual exploitation of children. It's not, they're not child-proofing these systems. They're child-proofing us. They're child-proofing society. We've spoken about it before when we've read 
articles, when we've read things that come out from government, when we've read things that come out from politician, you are literally being treated like a 10-year-old child now. <clears throat> protecting you, right? We need to protect you. We need to protect you. You need to give your freedoms up for protection. That is literally the equation that is now being sold to you. Give up your protections. Give up your freedoms for protection. Section 230 was passed years ago, which basically gives blanket immunity to the tech company's social media sites that are subject to this hearing to make sure they could... Kimmy in the chat, in this climate, if we see bipartisan efforts to pass anything, we should be worried. Even worse than that, if you see bipartisan efforts and like the example of Massey last week who stood up against the stimulus bill and then watch him get fucking torn to shreds by his own side for daring to stand up and say, I don't think this is a good idea, you should be even more worried. But that's the climate now. Do whatever the government says or you're against us. You're either with us or against us. Well, the guy's doing a great job. You need to agree with everything the government says. If you don't agree with everything the government says, you must be fake MAGA. You must be a Donald Trump. You must not believe in Donald Trump. You must be a crazy person. You need to believe everything that happens. William Barr is a great guy. William Barr would never do anything wrong. If he does something wrong, it's because somebody gave him the wrong information. Get started, grow and flourish. That has been accomplished. Now it is time for us as a nation to figure out about how to rein in some of the problems associated uh, with these industries. Rein in your freedom. Number one, I've come to conclude that the... Exactly. Winning TV in the chat. But Boogie, think of the children. Exactly. ...technical systems available today have been uh, our dream come true for child predators. <sighs> that uh, for every good thing that's happened... With the internet, for lack of a better term, there are dark forces that need to be dealt with. Oh, dark forces. <laughs> so the axis of evil. Mm -hmm. And what I've done with Senator Blumenthal is come up with a system to create best business practices wow. for companies in the arena to follow. I thought I thought we were against the government telling uh, telling private businesses how to run their business. Now all of a sudden, that's what we need to do. <laughs> but you can't do every, anything about it. They're a private company. Well, I believe that we should tell these private companies how to run their own business. Well, that sounds like a great idea. And if they follow these best business practices, they can keep their. 230 liability protection unreal and the reason we're here with a different approach See, that's 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 you though that's affecting you because the 230 liability protection allows you to use these things allows you to post on these platforms allows you it allows me to do this it allows you to have uh you know you can post things on your facebook account your twitter account right so Essentially what this is, right, if you don't get on, if, if you, the user of this social media platform, do not get in on board with government control of these platforms, then you won't be able to use them anymore because we're going to shut them down. Shut it down. See how you're being corralled? See how you're being funneled into supporting this? Think of the children as well as, well, if you don't support it, we're going to shut it down. So nobody will be allowed to use it. 
Only the companies that conform to strict government controls will be allowed to have access. And that involves reading everybody's private messages. Yours. Let the hate flow through you. Approaches, because Senator Blumenthal and myself believe the current system is not working. In the July... Is, is this going to be the boomers' last fucking act on planet Earth? To just fuck up the internet for everybody on their way out? Okay, thanks for... Thanks for every, all right, we're leaving planet Earth now. Uh, enjoy the future, everybody. We've got, we've got roadblocks. We've got mass surveillance. We've got command-controlled econ uh, economies. We've got debt coming out of our assholes, right? We've got 10-year-olds getting their genitals cut off. We've got, we've got all of this stuff. And then the last act as they leave planet Earth is, okay, and by the way, we're fucking the internet up for you as well. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Remember us well. Is this the last thing? Is, are, they, are they hoping to do this? Is this what they want? Hearing the, the regulatory and system in place is just simply not working. Mm. It's become in the minds of many a joke. Uh, the National like Center for Missing and Exploited Children, also known Jeez, as Nick Mick. Years. In 1998, uh, the Nick Mick cyber tip line was first created. There were just over 4,000 reports of online sexual exploitation. By 2014, there were 1.1 million reports in a year. See, this is the problem. There's already laws against child pornography, right? There's already laws against child sexual exploitation. There's already laws against it. It's already illegal. This is the protection meme in a nutshell. And the protection meme is something that we've hammered on this show since episode fucking one. Laws don't protect you from things. Laws turn actions into criminal actions. If laws protected you from stuff, there would be no murder. There would be no carjacking there would be no armed robbery there would be no bank fraud there would be no child porn laws don't protect you from shit laws turn actions into criminal actions and now the criminal action they are trying to invent is being able to have privacy online when you send a message to someone they are trying to make the ability to have the government not read your private messages a criminal action it's not going to protect you from anything. It might protect them from stuff. It's not going to protect you. Let me ask you, ladies and gentlemen, if you do any traveling over the next few days and you come across a roadblock with the National Guard checking people's papers to see what state you're from and whether or not you should be forced into quarantine against your will, perhaps, by the National Guard who are now going door to door checking people, Ask yourself if you feel safer or not. When you read the reports like the one we put up earlier that the White House is working with Google to do a deal where Google will come up with an app to, to track the spread of coronavirus in exchange for getting access to your private medical history because they now want to get into that business. They want to get into the medical business. We've got Microsoft, you got Amazon, you got Google and you got Apple. It's MAGA. Google is MAGA. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in here. So when you read those reports over the next couple of days, ask yourself, do you feel safer? Do you feel protected? Are these new laws protecting you? 
If you're an Australian and you're standing in a group of three people on a street in Sydney having a cup of coffee and the police pull up next to you and fine one of you $11,000 or throw you in jail for standing in a group of three people, which is now the law, ask yourself, do you feel safer? Do you feel protected by this? And if the answer is no, then, then don't fucking tell me about how laws protect people. Because you're a living, shining example that that's not the case. Liz in the chat, thank you for joining us. First drone gets it with my slingshot. We covered that story a couple of weeks ago. The drone lobby, the small UAV coalition is now lobbying the White House to have certain rules changed, federal laws governing the use of drones to get them removed. Because everybody's now trying to cash in on Corona Chan. So the UAV, like the drone industry, wants to get the laws removed that say that you're not allowed to fly a drone at night and you're not allowed to fly a drone over someone's private property. That's currently the regulation, right? So if they get that removed, here's what happens. Somebody will be, the authorities, right? The government authorities will be allowed to fly drones over your house. And if you do something to that drone, you're the one that gets arrested. That's what's going to happen. Because you will be damaging private property. You'll be damaging government property. You get to go to jail. Somebody flies a drone over your house. You bring that drone down. You get arrested, not them. It would be the equivalent of somebody breaking into your house and if you disarm them, you getting arrested for stealing their gun. That's, it's the same thing. So ask yourself if any of this keeps you fucking safe. Thank you for the diamond, JJ Stoner. Follow JJ Stoner on D. I missed the show this morning. Sorry, man. I fell asleep. I was crashed out. I was crashed out after work. I've got to keep working as long as I can. Hopefully a little bit longer. So I missed the show. I'll have to catch the replay. It's time to start a boogie militia again. No, because <laughs> like I said earlier today, um, I'm, I just make observations. What people do with them, that's up to them. If people listen or not, most people don't listen. I've long given up the hope that something's going to change. I've long given up the hope that people will begin to care. I've long given up the hope that um, this, what we're doing here, discussing these topics, is anything other than interesting, knowing where we're all headed, knowing where we're all going to end up. That's the, only, that's the only thing we're doing here. It's an obituary of free societies. No worries, I missed a chunk of yours. Shit haps. Shit haps. Shit definitely happens, brother. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to solve everyone's problems. I'm not here to come up with solutions. Just make observations on the internet. With that, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of tonight's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to follow our friends uh, at RealPersonPLTCS, at ChrisMC44, at UKNeil, at WinningTV, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't forget JJ Stoner in the chat. Irrational Times I saw in the chat earlier. Uh, Joy of Pessy, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be on, I'll be joining JJ Stoner on JJ Stoner's show on Friday, I think about 6 p.m.-ish. If that changes, I'll let you know. But myself and the man JJ are going to get together and have a little chat over on JJ's platform, dlive.tv slash JJ Stoner. Uh, follow Iceman4433, Why Censored, 
um, Mr. America, The Beard of Truth, all of our friends. Give them a follow. I'll be back tomorrow night at 6 p.m. 6 p.m., pardon me, at 7 p.m. with another episode of The Daily Boogie. Don't forget Nightwave Radio later on tonight, ladies and gentlemen, with Mersh. I'm looking forward to that, as always. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, then please head to patreon.com slash Bumper. Thank you, Winning TV. Uh, head to patreon.com slash Bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to tell me about your problems, then don't. But follow me anyway on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper. Until tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.